This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 699, Giraffes. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. Nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's show is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020. That's T-R-Y-E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash ExpressATA2020 for three months free with a one-year package. Visit TryExpressVPN.com slash ExpressATA2020 to learn more. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts... The always stalwart and honorable Maedros! The commander of the fell and master of demons, Death, The non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty! And the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie! She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth! And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. And with me, I have uh, Blues Fan Toasty, who is... Uh, I, I, how are you feeling about 0-3 in the round robin? I'm curious. Well, we're still in the playoffs, so I'm okay. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. And 2-1, uh, and one, Allie, right? Yeah! Yeah. And, and who was one of the teams you beat? Like who are the teams you beat? beat? You beat... Oh, we we might we might have beaten uh, the Blues. Oh, oh, okay. And and also Dallas. To be fair, beating and... Dallas was not much of an accomplishment. It was four zero. That felt pretty good. <laughs> and how how do you, how does your city feel about the Dallas Stars? Out of curiosity. Oh, we it's never been. It's it's definitely not a great relationship. It's not on the same level of quote unquote hate as Red Wings. But there is there is a rivalry there, for sure. So that so, felt really good. On, on a on a scale of Toasty and the Blackhawks, how would you rate your your city's love of, of of Dallas Stars? Oh, Dallas! Eh. I mean, is is Toasty's relationship with Blackhawks a ten? Yes. So maybe. I mean, that's my Red Wings. So maybe let's go with. Seven. Okay. I mean, it's it's uh, it's dwindled a little bit over the years. That fire has kind of calmed down, but it's still in my soul. It's still there. I, I just know in the past you have said very unkind things about the team of the Dallas Stars. Yeah, yeah. Once or twice. But again, it is definitely more the Red Wings. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we will say sorry to our Red Wings fan in the uh, uh, in our Discord. If you have it, I think it's a pretty mutual. We get each other, and and uh, yeah, we've had a couple discussions about it, and we respect one each other's you know love for our teams, and we respect and appreciate how much fun this rivalry has been over the years, especially 
you know, back in, you know, the classic days of the rivalry. So it's it's good. We have a we have a thing. It's good. I would definitely say that on on a toasty and the Blackhawks level, uh, I'm probably like an, a nine with the Calgary Flames right now, and I, I don't see it getting better for a long time. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have friends who work, who who either work or have worked for the Calgary Flames organization, and, and I I love them to death, but I hate their team. So, you know, it is what it is. I get it. I get it. But anyways, enough hockey talk. Good luck to all the teams in the playoffs that aren't Winnipeg because Winnipeg didn't make it. So no, but no. So another question is: This is important. We'll we'll move on to Warcraft in just a moment. But okay, who are you rooting for now? Undecided at this point. Okay, uh, I'll probably not make that decision until like second round. All right. Um, Does, doesn't want his pick to be knocked out in the first round like it was last time. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> hey, my pick last year was not knocked out in the first round. We were, it was second round, were we? At least third, second or third? I don't remember. I tr- no, all, you lost every single round. Every that was not last time. That was the first time. Okay. I don't know. Last time I... I was like third from the bottom. Anyways, that that's for another another story. Uh, how was your week out there, Toasty? It was pretty good. I spent... Literally all of it in beta. Um, Noticed. I I made a significant amount of progress uh, throughout that leveling experience. I finished off Bastion. Started into Maldraxxus. I had a notably easier time with Maldraxxus. Especially the intro experience. Um, I'm still concerned about that intro experience. Because it seems to hinge a lot on being on, on other people being in the area attempting the quest at the same time because some of some of those NPCs specifically the champions were pretty punishing and luckily uh, I had other people at the time fighting those champions with me and even though I I had died on one of them because the other people were able to finish it off, I still got credit for it. But I, 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 I put in some feedback about that because like, like feels like depending on other people to be in the area f- with you or depending on having a group for that content when it is not denoted as group content um, feels kind of bad. <laughs> so hopefully that's addressed. Uh, and then after I got through all that and actually just wandered around Maldraxxus doing the quest lines and all that, and can I just say, like, Maldrax, like, I'm gonna, I, I feel like I've said this for most of the, for, for, for most of the zones at this point, but I, like, I just love the look of Maldraxxus. Like, everywhere I look, it's just another metal cover album, like, a me- metal <laughs> album cover. <laughs> And I love it. Like, um, throughout the night, throughout one of the nights, I was wandering around and just taking screenshots and dropping it in, um, one of the channels in Slack I have at work, uh, the metal channel. So where they talk about metal music and all that stuff. And I'm just dropping screenshots in there. Like, look, another, another album cover, another album cover, another album cover. They're like, yeah, no, that's, 
That pretty much fits the vibe of an album cover. Maybe not a current metal cover. Metal album cover. Like probably from like... 80s era metal album covers. Especially with like... The, the, the large skulls and all that stuff. I feel like modern metal albums don't go for just skeletons anymore. They, they tend to be a bit more graphic nowadays. But yeah, I had a lot of fun with Maldraxxus and just wandering around there. The quests, the quests there are uh, pretty compelling in terms of story and all that. Especially given uh, who we're hanging out with for the first little bit anyways uh, in Maldraxxus. Yes, we will not talk about Redacted. And there, there are so many fantastic models in there that I want as mounts. I know one of them is de- is is intended to be the mount. I just hope I'm able to get it when I inevitably pick Revendreth as my covenant. <sighs> but that was about it. And wow, like I said, just a lot of beta. So much beta, lots of questing. What about you guys? I did a lot of islands because there are still eight mounts from drops. That I need to get. Plus more pets. Plus I'm still working on getting everything. from That I want to get from the doubloon vendor. And I've almost got that. I have one more pet I need to get. Two more shades of the pirate hat. Because obviously I need that. And then. I can start using my doubloons. For the crates. So I can you know have better chances for the mounts. And stuff. But the way I figure it. There maybe down the road Blizzard will make it so you can solo queue for these, but we don't know that right now. Last we heard, they have not really put any thought into that. So it's going to be easiest to queue for it now. So it's definitely one of the things I'm working on. I got my Hordy to 120, which was pretty exciting. So now she is finishing, well not finishing, working towards finishing the war campaign so I can get two sides of every tail and, you know, get them out. And I also did some beta. I copied over my dwarf rogue, Aleandris. I was going to do my priest and then I saw her name come and she's just, she's my gaming namesake and my podcasting namesake. So I got really excited. And so I started playing with her and got her through most of the intro quests last night. Um... So I hope to go back. I think I'm going to take her, at least for beta purposes, take her through Revendreth. And just some ICC runs. Typical, you know, stuff like that. A couple of dungeons with some guildies. Yeah, it's been uh, good good stuff. Yeah, how about you, Metaris? Um, I did do some beta stuff. Um, it was... It was interesting. I, I don't like Meldraxxus nearly as much as Tosi does. Uh, <laughs> though I agree with the metal covers uh, all over the damn place. Um, it, it's definitely interesting to see uh, certain lore figures uh, wandering around that place. Uh, don't know how I feel about certain interactions with some of them, but, uh, you know, that seems to be the theme of this expansion for me. So, uh, yeah. Um, haven't really done much otherwise in uh, in WoW. And, yeah, just trying to see where I want to take my characters and see what 
what I want to do. Uh, I want to go on to Ardenweald and uh, see that content a bit. I don't want to go through, like, I'm glad that I didn't do all of Bastion. Uh, I don't want to do all of Maldraxxus. I, I do want some stuff to not be stuff I know about already. And uh, I, I just show two more zones, so I want to get those going and do better there. So, so not a lot of stuff, but uh, some pretty fun stuff. I have to ask: Did you guys, when you were in the beta, come across that weird bug where that, where the skybox was showing the graphic for when you're flying from Oribos? to any of the other zones, like that weird in-between thing that looks like the Stargate? I I have not, but I actually saw on Frasley's stream that he had that bug. I had it so many times. Oh my god, it was awful. The person who always looks up didn't look up for once? I look up all the time. I just haven't seen that bug yet. Granted, part of that is I'm... So I did a silly thing. There's a part of the intro quest towards the end when you finally get to Ouroboros and they have you place a portal... And I was doing this when I was like super tired last night and I should have logged. And the storm portal was, you know, sparkly. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to place a portal there apparently. And I clicked on it and then it sent me to Stormwind and I don't know how to get back. So <laughs> I maybe Oof. once I get past that, I will run into the bug that Toasty got and Frasley got. It is an obnoxious bug too, because not only do you get the animation, you get the sound. And like right. for the trans for, for the transition when you're going when you're flying in I think they call it the in between, like and it's fine, but you combine that with the, all the other noise that you normally have going on when you're questing around like NPC noises, combat noises, mount noises, etc. It is obnoxious. Yeah, it feels it, feel, it feels like a lot. Like like I was saying, I mean, this was on Frasley Storm's nosing because he was didn't understand what was going on, and so I pointed out that that's a bug and that was what happening. And he was like. Oh yeah, it's it's intense. So they definitely will be fixing that before it goes live. <laughs> yeah, because it because it even like clouds up the area around you. You yeah. can't see anything really while you're like over there questing and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. made it hard in Maldraxxus for one specific part because there was one bot. There's one like NPC that I had to kill. It was an elite one, but it dropped a bunch of stuff on the ground. And I just straight up could not see some of the stuff. So I was trying to figure out why I was dying. Because I didn't, like, I didn't know it dropped stuff. And eventually at one point my, I, I oriented my camera so I like, oh, there's stuff on the ground. Maybe that's why I'm dying so fast. Like, it was, it was bad. So <laughs> hopefully that gets fixed soon. From what I understand, it's just, be, it, that just that's just happening when... People happen to be traveling from Orbos to Insert Zone here, so you can imagine after the after the beta character wipe, traveling to <coughs> uh, questing on Bastion immediately after was not a great experience because there were a lot of people going to Bastion. But that's kind of what we expected on day one, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> better be fixed because that's awful. Yeah, agreed. Well, anyway, why don't I? Uh, but before you do it, I I I'm waiting for for some information, uh, and I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, did anything else happen this week for you, Toasty? Anything else at all? Oh, I was gonna I was gonna wait till later to mention that. Okay, <laughs> well, wait, we can wait till what? later to mention. That. No, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I I was surprised. 
I can talk about it now. It's fine. I hit affiliate on Twitch this weekend. Yeah, you did. Congrats, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was like, over a year of doing this, and it's, it's glad. I'm glad to finally get over that hump. Was it the beta stuff that did it for you? Yeah, like last week was surprisingly busy in in my stream. Uh, I, I, minimum, I had five people in there. Nice. And like at peak, I was having I think ten. So it was it was fun. It was a lot, lot, a lot of fun hanging out with all those people and talking and all that stuff. My family even came out and watched some stuff, which was kind of cool. Oh wow, that's cool. And now they're, like, my one cousin is just super invested in everything now. She's been messaging me a lot lately about different stuff in World of Warcraft. And I think if she didn't have a very young child, she it sounds like she might want to play it. <laughs> so maybe down the line. But yeah, that was another bit of exciting news for me. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about This Week in WoW, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> So this week in WoW is not very busy. Um, remember that time walking thing where we had five weeks of it? Well, we're getting another week of it. We've got Cataclysm time walking going from August 11th to the 17th. We've also got free t-shirt day on August 16th. And that's it. I wonder if they added more t-shirts. I hope they added more I t-shirts. I have doubt all the t-shirts. It. But I already have all of them. <laughs> I want more. Like my, my closet is full of two things, jerseys and t-shirts. So give me more t-shirts, please. But anyway, that's it. All right, then. So we have um, we've talked before about some of the concerns that, that folks have had about salaries at our, our favorite game company, Blizzard. Um, there was an, an, an adjustment announced a little while back, a few months ago. Where they'd done a review of all the salaries in the company for fairness and, and commensurate to the, the amount of work you do and all this other stuff. And they were going to adjust salaries of several uh, several employees, many employees in the company to compensate them properly uh, for their level of work, their cost of living, and so on. Uh, about a week ago now, a week and a half ago... Uh, Bloomberg reported that somebody within Blizzard had begun a Google spreadsheet. And basically the the spreadsheet, which I, I, I have taken a look at, uh, does have some unfortunate information uh, that I am confident, based on my past history with, with employers, uh, Blizzard would love to have not had come out. Um, now, cost of living in Irvine, California, or really anywhere within a even moderate distance to Anaheim, is expensive. Uh, and that is putting it very mildly, to be honest. So, when... People who, you know, ostensibly love Blizzard are considering going to work for Blizzard. It's probably not 
inspiring, for lack of any better way of putting it, to see some of the wages you can expect. Especially when you consider with that the amount of money you're spending just to live within a moderately decent distance to your work. I'm not going to read off the, 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 the values here, uh, but the increases seemingly across the board uh, were not what I would consider to be sufficient for most people to make the difference worth it. Uh, one person pointed out their their raise was uh, basically sixty nine cents an hour. Um, that's not much. Um, a lot of the raises are like one percent. Some are higher. A lot. There's some that got promotions, so they had a significantly higher increase year over year. But seeing the salaries here is very disheartening because these are a lot of full time employees. Um, I'm currently a contract employee in my company. I would love to be a full-time employee and to know that if I was at some point to, to consider working at Blizzard, this would be, this would be really sad, to be honest. Because these wages are not a living wage, and I, I feel like reporting we've had in the past where it, it was indicated by people that they were basically told that the wages were low at Blizzard because working for Blizzard is an honor. Um, well, I understand that Blizzard is a, a, a much sought-after company to work for. Uh, starving for your employer is not good. So I hope that Blizzard will re-reevaluate their wages and the cost of living in those areas and consider pay options that are a little bit better for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, what do you guys think about like, Ali, you're, you're probably better than, than Toast Your Eye because we, we don't, we, we're we're Canucks and we don't really have the same level of like mental understanding of like what it's like to live in the U S and what this wage is. Cause like some of these wages would barely be minimum wage here. Uh, never mind working at a prestigious gaming company. Yeah. First off to your point about working for Blizzard is an honor. I'm sure it is. And I don't doubt that, but unfortunately honor doesn't pay the bills. I, I had a couple friends, well, they were friends back in the day, <laughs> who were actually GMs down in the Austin campus, and hearing their financial struggles with how bad their pay was there at that time, it, it was bad. Like, it kind of wasn't worth working there, because again, unfortunately, Honor doesn't pay the bills. And Irvine is a very expensive place to live California itself is an expensive area to live in and while some of these pays even the lower on the on the lower end uh, 
the ones that aren't contractors, the ones that are actual employees, they do make more than me and I take care of human beings. Um, that's a little rough, <laughs> but <laughs> given, again, what they do, what it takes them to be qualified for their job, where they live, and knowing how large of a company Activision is, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. It's it's heartbreaking and, and discouraging, honestly, to know that these games that we love so much are put out by Activision Blizzard. And yes, some of their people do get paid well at the higher levels, maybe, but at the average levels and the lower levels, like it's horrible. And that's, that's so sad. And I understand that, you know, game developers don't always make good money per se, but they need to treat their employees better. It's, this is, there are some people who have to have some kind of side gig just to make ends meet because of their pay versus how expensive it is down there. And this was definitely an eye-opening thing to see. Yeah, I saw a lot of comments on Twitter from current and former Blizzard employees basically saying that when people want to make real money, they'd go to work at Riot. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not a good look. Like, um, you know, like 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 we've said, you know, there are people who have grown up with these games and have had Blizzard in their sights as a place they'd like to work and you know be a dream, be a dream job for them and whatever. But like, it's only going to be a dream job for a little bit because you're going to be real broke, trying to pay, trying to afford to live in Irvine and. Uh, you're gonna have to make a lot of sacrifices to do that. It's not, not, it's not great. Yeah. Um, this is even harder to swallow. This, this, this information, this, this shared salaries, information is harder, harder even to get when you think back to. A year ago this past January, or was it February? I can't remember which month it was. Um, when they laid off a bunch of people mm-hmm. right after giving the CEO a massive raise or bonus or whatever it was and announcing the rest year ever. Um, I understand that companies have a right to make money. I'm all for making money. But not on the backs of people who pour their blood, sweat, and tears into making you that money for next to nothing. Now, I I understand this is not next to nothing for some people. Um, $30 an hour, $20 an hour, $50 an hour. That's a lot of money for some people. That'd be a lot of money for me. But I'm pretty sure they wouldn't pay me that much up in Canada here if they had an office. I, I hope that Blizzard fixes this and and starts to pay people fairly because all due respect to blizzard and i think my time doing this podcast shows how much i have respect i have for the company and their work um the shine on your apple will will fade very fast if you continue to not give people 
fair pay. And you will, at some point, run out of people to, as far as I'm concerned, take advantage of. Um, Maddie Narchar asks the question of how do you maximize profits? Great question. You know what really helps maximize profits? Employees who aren't spending half their time wondering how they're going to pay their bills next paycheck. Um, who don't have to look for a fourth roommate in their two-bedroom apartment to make ends meet. Um, I assume your question was sarcastic. I, I mean, just going to guess on that. Uh, but yes, unfortunately, there are people who would ask those <laughs> questions. Uh, and, and the answer is, you maximize your profits by not treating your employees poorly, making them want to work harder for you, and therefore being a better company. Um, good companies don't need to step on their employees to get to the next rung of the financial ladder. They can all lift, lift everybody up. But this company does not seem to want to. And that, as a long-time Blizzard fan, makes me very sad. I mean, one, one thing that should be noted here is, like, it's, it's no big secret that this kind of thing in the video games industry is not uncommon. Um, there may... I mean, it may not be in terms of wages, but uh, it might be, you know, we, we, we've all heard those horror stories out of different uh, development outfits where uh, crunch time getting as you approach release gets more and more intense and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. And th- th- there's a real problem in terms of how employees are treated in the video game industry. And unfortunately, there's not a union in place to protect some of these employees. Um, but I mean, just because it's not, be, be, just because it's not uncommon doesn't mean, doesn't stop it from being horrible and, and doesn't mean that something shouldn't be done about it. And it looks like some Blizzard employees are at least preparing to attempt that. Um, I think it was on gamesindustry.biz where they reported that some of the employees were preparing to submit demands to Blizzard in regards to compensation and benefits and stuff like that. It sucks that one of those demands is just fair pay. Specifically, um, pay raises for customer service and QA workers. Like, maybe, maybe that should have... Maybe that shouldn't need to be demanded, but you know that's just that's that's me being biased because I'm a QA guy. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> as a QA, what you know, what would you say about what you're seeing here? Uh, maybe pay your, may, maybe pay your QA, <laughs> like like you, you like good, good good QA is pretty important when you're developing software. It's not all about the devs. Like I realize that there's that they've developed a special set of skills and you know put a lot of time into going to school for all that. I'm not I'm not saying that QA should be paid as much as devs, but you know pay them pay them fairly. Yeah, that's not too much to ask. It looks like some of the other uh, demands include stuff like increased sick leave, 
and holiday allowances and changes into how promotions are given, which... Like, you know what helps with all that? A union. A union can help, can help everybody with all those demands. And I'm just reading over some of the complaints in that spreadsheet because it was more than just raw numbers. There were comment. There's commentary from some of the employees. Uh, commentary about where they sit on the pay grade in relation to um, everybody else. Like they don't know. Like they, they don't know if they're at the high end or the low end of the pay range for their for the role that they're filling, and that's not great either. Like, I understand that there's a weird culture about not communicating what you make while you're well in a, in a certain role in a company, which, by the way, I don't believe in. Like, that's how you make sure you're getting paid fairly, by sharing that information. Yeah, I might be embarrassed. Yeah, I might, you might be embarrassed a little bit. But at the same time, uh, that's, that's how you can make sure that... Um, you're at least close to equal footing. Yeah, and it, I, I, I really feel like companies that have a basically an NDA on your salary, uh, they take advantage of that. They, oh, they really, they really just they can pay somebody else who does the exact same work more or less than you, and. I mean, this has been used for decades against women in the workplace where they weren't sure or weren't aware that they were getting paid significantly less unless they asked for it and had to find a, a male coworker who, who did the same job who was willing to share that information. Um, I, I really, feel, really feel like pay in the workplace should be something that has publicly disclosed by all companies. It won't be... Because companies would never do that without a legal requirement. Um, but but I, I will be open and honest. I pay Ali and Toasty nothing. They pay they make the same wage for during the show. Man, here I thought I was in it for the money. Dang it. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the long run, it doesn't feel good. I mean, and I understand it's business and you need to make money and profits and shareholders and whatnot and blah, 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 which we'll talk about in a minute here. But it doesn't feel good to work for a company when you're, you know, low man on the totem pole, put low man on the totem pole, or even middle of the totem pole, when you know the top of that totem pole is making millions. And there, I mean, there are some, you know, Leads of corporations and whatnot who will take pay cuts to make sure that their people are better paid and better treated and taken care of. And there are some people who who don't. And I get it. Like, everyone has a right to, you know, make their money and work hard in business and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't take care of that totem pole, it's bad. Bad things happen. So, so I guess what we're saying, Blizzard, in, in case anybody that from the company is listening to us, please treat those that we interact with and who make the stuff we love better. Treat them fairly. Pay them a wage they can survive on. And make your cost of living equal to cost of living. 
I'm seeing people who are paid a 2% cost of living increase when the cost of living for their area was 5%. Uh, th that means you're just getting further behind every year. And I know how that feels. It does not feel good. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be fixed. Um, I I'm not going to call for some of the stuff that more radical people in the States are calling for. Um, but fairness with your employees so that if you are making a lot of money on the back of your employees and they are sharing with it, sharing in that improvement in that wealth is a good thing and will lead to good things for you. If you don't, you might see your employees unionize on you or just leave. And I think we can all say that we don't want people at Blizzard to leave who are very talented because they're very talented and we want them to keep making games we love. So we all have a personal stake in this, in seeing things improve for Blizzard for the employees and for management to treat their employees better. So uh, let's talk about our next topic. We have to. <laughs> yes, we absolutely must talk about our next topic. So this, on one hand, this is a good thing. On the other hand, considering what we just discussed, this is kind of, well, disgusting, to be honest. Um, so Blizzard had, not Blizzard, let me, wow, well, let me rephrase that. Activision Blizzard had their second quarter earnings call, giving their, you know, results and whatnot. And I'm not going to go over every single number ever, uh, but we'll go over some basic stuff. I'm sure they had a terrible quarter and they lost so much money and, and they're just doing horribly. Yeah, about that. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're doing well. So between, like, Activision had a 56% operating margin profit. Blizzard had 44%. King had 38%. They, you know, their, their uh, net revenues are all far higher than what their operating income is, which is, you know, good for shareholders and, you know, gives good financial health to the games we love to play. Activision had 125 million monthly active users in the second quarter. Call of Duty did things. Blizzard had 32 million monthly active users. And a lot of that is thought to be with engagement from Classic. Especially because we had, you know, Encourage happening. And there's been an enthusiastic response from Shadowlands testing. And so there's been an increase of pre-sales of Shadowlands. Which... It's going to be awesome. So uh, they're also seeing more more players return to Overwatch. Hearthstone is continuing to build, especially because of uh, Battlegrounds and new expansions. Battlegrounds are awesome. So I totally get it. And I'm going to just quote this really quick. Diablo Immortal entry into mobile looks great with internal company playtesting starting in the coming weeks. So we're also getting an idea of where they are with that because we haven't really heard much about that lately. And then King has 271 million monthly active users. Candy Crush, which I didn't think Candy Crush would keep growing, but it's growing by double, di double digit percentages. And thinking about it with more people at home and whatnot, it actually makes sense. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, as, as a company, you know, looking at it from a business standpoint, Financially speaking, that is. It's, I mean, it's looking good. 
they did also confirm during this their intent to channel the spirit of BlizzCon into a virtual event early next year, which is exciting. And they're going to be sharing what the teams are working on. And I know I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, it's, it's hard because, like I said, on one hand, we want to see them do well because we want to be able to see the games we enjoy do well. On the other hand, considering the conversation we just had, it also feels a little gross. I, I don't know. What are, you, what are you guys thinking about this? I mean, the, the number that I focused in on was second quarter revenue growing 38% to $1.93 billion. All that being considered with the with the discussion that we just had, I yeah, that's I think gross is a good way of summing that up. Uh, like like you said, it's cool that they're doing well. They can sink more money into the games that we that we love. I just hope some of the money that they sink into that game includes better wages for their employees. Manny says it's not gross, that's still net profit. Ha, I get it, that's funny. Good job, Manny. <laughs> but yeah, also, it's just gross. <laughs> yeah, so, um, let's see, if Activision... Think of actually Activision made only $900 million in revenues instead of $993 million in revenues. Or, if, not, if 93 million of that revenue went to employee wages, do you think they, they'd really notice that in the stock markets? Because I'm pretty confident in a quarter, $93 million could make your employees fairly significantly happy in, in terms of income. And let's be real, $93 million for the number of employees they have? Like... They wouldn't make. They would barely make a dent in the ninety-three million. <laughs> like yeah. using ninety-three million is a lot. Benny makes a good point, though. The stock markets are key, and the stock markets don't care about employee happiness. They they don't care about employee satisfaction. They don't care about employees making ends meet. All they care about is income. And that's where it, that's where it all comes down to. And many, you're right. Oh, like, like we're, we're like we're, we're we're being pretty reductive here, obviously. But like you're right, it, it's not like a it's not like it'll be a one time blip of however much you decide to increase salaries. It's going to be a continued cost. Uh, but uh, it's not, especially when you consider some of the other news that's that's happened. That's happened recently. Like, didn't they just lure somebody away from Major League Baseball? I think I saw that um, earlier today. Uh, yeah, it was somebody from Major League Baseball. They hired him as as for like a sports position within Blizzard. Like, how much money did you have to give that guy to lure him away from MLB? Uh, it's, it's it's not great. Not a good look, especially considering this news. Like I'm sure they would have loved if that didn't come out, if this didn't come out at at the time that all this other stuff was happening. But uh, and isn't it weird? Normally we'd be celebrating Blizzard doing really well, but right now it's just it. As Ali said, it's gross. It feels 
disgusting. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we've kind of talked about money stuff quite enough. Let's talk about some heirloom stuff. I mean, that's also money stuff. People spent their hard-earned gold on heirlooms. Um, and they found out recently that the reason they spent that that gold is is going away in Shadowlands. You know, they don't have the experience bonus attached to them anymore, which left a lot of people wondering what exactly was going to happen with those heirlooms. Um, since then, we've got we've gotten some information on it. Now, keep in mind this is beta, subject to change and all that. But right now, according to this blue post, uh, they're going to be attaching set bonuses to heirloom gear. Which, cool, right? Set bonuses are great. Um, so the there's uh, four different set bonuses at 2, 3, 4, and 6. So if you've got a two-piece bonus, you're going to get your rested experience consumed reduced by 30%. So that's kind of cool. Um, you're consuming... You're consuming your rested experience at a lesser rate, which is extending that, which is extending that whole experience gain. So you're still speeding up leveling, just not in the traditional way. So yeah, the three-piece bonus is increasing your out-of-combat regeneration in the outdoors, notable dungeons and battlegrounds. That one, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Out-of-combat regeneration has never really felt like. Something I was yearning for as I was leveling up a character. Usually I had food or whatever to depend on for that. So I'm sure that would matter. I'm sure that matters to some people, but for me that kind of seems like a lackluster bonus. Um, the four piece bonus is uh, you gain gaining a level triggers something called the burst of knowledge, which deals holy damage to nearby enemies. And grants you a 40% primary stat bonus for 2 minutes. Defeating additional enemies extends this effect up to 2 additional minutes. So that's kind of cool. Um, especially if you're just questing around and, and, and using that as your primary leveling thing. Um, for dungeons, and it was commented on this Wowhead article, that, that it feels less great. Because usually you get that big burst of experience at the end of dungeons and like what's the point in getting the stat bonus and dealing holy damage when the dungeon's done. But for for people questing around, that's that's an okay bonus. And the six piece bonus is rested experience consumed is reduced by an additional 30%. So even more time. Just gaining experience faster without actually... A, Increasing the amount of experience. It technically gives you more experience. It. Yeah. You're still getting experience faster. So yay. It's more than just. Increase your experience gained by X percent. So there's there's, there's some complex. There's, a, there's some. I don't want to say complexity. Because honestly it's not that complex. There's There's some additional things. There's more to it to these heirlooms than the flat experience bonus. Um, with these changes to heirlooms, they're also making some changes to some abilities and potions that we see that affect experience gain. Uh, monks, I'm sure, are familiar with the Enlightenment buff. Previously, it uh, 
increased your experience gained from killing enemies and cleaning quests by 50%. Uh, that's not a thing anymore. Well, sorry, the buff is a thing. They changed the way it works now. Instead, it's going to uh, grant rested experience. So the enlightenment buff is still there. It's just functioning different. Now, for the speed levelers out there, I'm sure all of them are very familiar with some of the potions that grant experience uh, bonuses. Uh, there's the Elixir of Ancient Knowledge, the Elixir of the Rapid Mind, and the Excess Potion of Accelerated Learning. Um, take advantage of them now. Level up those alts now, because uh, those will become poor quality, and they will no longer be usable. Which kind of sucks. Um... There's also the draft of Ten Lands, which is a... Uh, I can't remember where we get this from, actually. But right now, it increases all stats by 10. And experience gained by 10% for one hour. You get it by... Uh, <clears throat> there's a vendor... Boralis, there's a vendor just outside the ship. Uh, right by the... Uh, mission table for... Warfronts. That sells it to you for war, uh, war resources. Ah, okay. So, so this particular potion will still have the 10% experience bonus, but it'll operate like similar, uh, potions have similarly, I, I, like, yeah, it'll operate like potions have previously where it'll stop at a certain level. In this case, it'll be level 50. So those are the heirloom changes and related experience item changes. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about all these changes? I think the decrease or, you know, making it so you're not using as much of your rested XP. I think that's great. That's actually really exciting to read. I do wish the buff would be longer. Like the uh, primary stat buff? Yeah, because it's talking about, you know, the, the two, you know, when you level, you get the buff for two minutes. And if you kill something, you get like an additional two minutes. Mm -hmm. Now... If you kill someone within that time, do you get like an additional additional two minutes, or after four minutes, it's done? I assume it says that... up to an additional two minutes. Right, so up to additional two minutes. So, I wish, I wish that buff was a little, a little longer, uh, because that that I... would just feel good. That would feel hmm. better. Uh, the way I imagine it working is, you know, you're killing a bunch of stuff. Oh, I know. So you get, you gain a level, you get it for two minutes, and then you continue killing stuff. When the buff decreases, you'll get bumped up again until you basically stop killing stuff. It'll cap out at four minutes. But you're, the way I'm imagining it anyway, and I haven't tried this out in beta, but the way I'm imagining it is, like, every time you kill someone new, it'll add time to your four minutes or whatever. I... I... I don't read it that way. I read it, you have a maximum of four minutes, and then it's done. Because it says, dealing additional enemies, de defeating additional enemies extends the effect up to additional two minutes. So, one enemy may will probably not give you two minutes. It may give you, like, 30 seconds. Right. And then another enemy, another 30 seconds. Another many, 30 seconds. Another enemy, 30 seconds, and after you're done. That's just my reading of it. But we'll have to wait until we actually get a chance to look at it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, 
I've, I've seen a lot of commentary about this. Uh, a lot of people who who have a, a bigger stake in this than I do. Uh, a lot of commentary about those who are power leveling. Uh, the rest of the experience is, is pretty much wasted because they'll never see it. Um, mm. I would like to maybe see the sec- the two-piece set being that it speeds up rested so that if you if you burn through all your rested XP on on the two-piece, uh, you still have the six-piece, which will reduce it still. Um, but on the two-piece, I'd like to be gains rest XP twice as fast or something like that. Yeah. So that if you do go grab a bite, just log out of your character and it's dramatically increasing how quickly you get your rest XP. Well, I think that would be a, a move in the right direction, especially as you mentioned for those people who are, whose who's, who's main gameplay is just power leveling a bunch of characters. I think yeah. that would, that would certainly help out in their experience and how, and let them see some benefits from some of these, from some of these bonuses. Yeah, I think it was. I think I saw that from Desmond Fisto, where he was not very happy with that. Um, as for the other two bonuses, um, the third really. I mean, I, I've never had an issue with regeneration, so that's not a really a, a notable thing for me. And the burst. I mean. If I know that I'm close to leveling, I might, you know, gra- gather a pack so that, uh, you know, halfway through the pack, I level and and plan for that. But half the time, I don't see my level coming. So, you know, that that seems that seems like it wouldn't help me very much. I, I, honestly, I don't know that I actually equip heirlooms at this point uh, if there was anything better stat-wise available for me at that level. Um, I, I definitely read this as uh, Medros. Go out to your alts that you have sent to the Draught of 12, 12, 10 lands by the dozens and use those ASAP. I, I take that hit, Blizzard. Thank you. Because <laughs> I would hate to see those things wasted. Um, I'm not surprised by the XP changes. We already have the knowledge that they're reducing the level cap, uh, or they're redoing levels, basically. So the level squish is basically destined to give us faster leveling, or a significant change in how leveling happens. Uh, like if I was leveling in in BFA in this new system. Assuming that it leveled like, it, it, assuming that the the description that was given at BlizzCon of one expansion will basically get you from the end of the opening experience, which I think is ten to twelve, depending on how well you do it, and the end of hitting level fifty and going into Shadowlands, uh, one experience, one next pack gets you that level. Like, really, we're talking Stormsong is going to give me like. 20 levels, roughly, maybe 15 levels. Um, that's a lot of levels in one zone. So, based on my current experience in, in that zone, I would definitely expect that it would be a very um, very fast 
frequent leveling experience. Um, is that kind of what you guys are expecting to see as well? Yeah, and I think uh, early on when we were early on in the alpha, that, we, that was definitely something we were experiencing. There was frequent leveling as we quested through Storm Song, which was the uh, uh, zone that was available to us at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that um, we would still see that uh, now uh, in beta. You know, I think maybe this week, if I can find some spare time, I might hop on the beta, make a level one tune, and like actually try and see what the leveling feeling is like. Because I've I've done leveling through all these expansions before, so I should know pretty clearly what the current best leveling path is, and what I'll enjoy most, and what I'll get most out of it. And I should be able to f- fairly easily compare it to, oh, I was getting, you know, I I, I was getting two levels out of Azuna, now I'm getting ten levels out of Azuna in Legion, for example. So it should be pretty easy to compare those, especially the more recent expansions, because those are things that are fairly fresh in my mind still. Uh, Whereas Warlords, eh, sort of, Cataclysm before that, probably pretty old. I, I, I might not have a good mental experience of comparing what it was to what it is now. Um, like I, I don't remember vanilla enough to know, like, oh, vanilla, I would go through one zone and gain a level, but now it's, you know, now I'm getting five levels per zone, because there's so many zones in vanilla, which I don't know anybody who's going to use vanilla as their leveling experience in Shadowlands, just to clarify. But I'm curious to see how the leveling's going to be, because that's, as an altaholic, admittedly, Hi, my name is Bedros. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely very curious how the level experience is going to be, and how that's going to work out for players who have done this before, and are very used to the process they've used before, and how that's going to work out for them now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious how that's going to work and how fulfilling it's going to be as a player. But very, very interested in these changes and. I'm sorry to anybody who was surprised by them, but I I was absolutely not surprised Mm -hmm. by the XP changes. Yeah. Well, let's move on from one uh, system that's getting a lot of discussion to another one that's been getting a lot of discussion recently. Uh, There's some more information about Renown that uh, came to light with one of the builds in the beta recently. Uh, Medros, why don't you talk to us a little about that? So Renown is is how you will earn stuff with your Covenant. And while the system is not at all complete, uh, there's lots of stuff yet to be added. So as we go through, each Covenant will give us the ability to rank up and level up our Soulbinds. Um, we'll also get some, some stuff like uh, Legendary Recipes... Um, Sanctum Upgrades, Covenant Pets, um, and so on. Now, uh, if you aren't familiar with what you're getting in each of your Covenants for, for, for the, pe- the people who will be joining you in your, in your adventures, um, and you don't want to know, you, you should probably just, you know, do something else for the next few minutes. <laughs> uh, so, um... Anybody know what... Okay, I'm looking at rank 23. Does anybody know what Apples is? 
as a pet? A placeholder? The... Okay, but so we don't know what, what, what kind of pet that is. Correct. All right. Because that's an interesting name, and I'm like, I'm trying to think of what you'd call apples, and, and nothing's coming to mind, so. <laughs> but apparently it's on every one of them, apparently. For now, anyway. Except except the Gothy Boys. Gothy Boys have an actual pet. Oh. Okay, and what is their pet? It's or, Sinhard. What, 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 will, what will your next pet be, Toasty? Uh, I just know its name. It's Sinhart. I don't know so what you don't know, you don't have a model for it? No. Not the one okay. that I've seen anyway. Gotcha. So it's very likely the other three will have theirs changed as well to their a unique one to their uh, their their faction. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, for instance, uh, uh, as you go through rank uh, round level two, gives you uh, opening a barrow for Pelagos uh, for Kyrian. Uh, you get nothing for rank three at this point, but rank four gives you another row with with Pelagos. Uh, five gives you a rank with Clea. Um, then you get World Quest Reward Item level increase. I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. I'm assuming you're going to get just more of whatever resource you're gathering. Because it's always about gathering resources in, in World of Warcraft expansions. Yeah, it just sounds like the gear you're going to get from World Quest is going to be up a, le- up a couple item levels. Okay. Uh, and it kind of goes on through this. Uh, 14 is a, a legendary recipe. Um, and then... You know, every few levels, your your ward item level increases. Uh, your your sanctum is is evolved is uh, leveled up every so often, and so on. It, it looks like a very complex system that is going to take a lot of work. Uh, do we know whether or not this progress gets reset if you change to and then back from and then back to a, a covenant? No idea. All right, good. Didn't hopefully, know. hopefully not. not. That'd be very unfulfilling and very yeah. unhappy. Like, so we do know how we gain renown to some degree, anyway. Like, renown is gained um, through a series. Like, you can gain some renown through weekly quests, and you're going to gain renown throughout completing covenant storylines. So, like. There's definitely going to be a defined amount of time that it'll take you to progress through these renowned levels. Uh, but hopefully that work is not reset whenever, or if you decide to switch covenants. Because that would kind of suck, having to start all over again. It totally would. I would be unhappy about that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'll be changing covenants, so I don't know that it'll actually truly matter to me. But definitely would suck for those who do change covenants a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of really cool uh, progress you can make. Uh, I, I assume the the empty ones currently will eventually be filled in with something, um, yeah. because they. I really feel like this expansion they're very much um, trying to return to the you get something every level, uh, whether it be your character level or your renown level. So there's definitely going to be something you want to do with all those. So. It should be worth noting that we know that Pathfinder is a renowned reward, and that's not listed anywhere on these reward lists. So, well, we all was... to be like sixty nine or something. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just wow. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 
that will be interesting to see how, how the Pathfinder works and and how if there's any changes from what we believe is going to be now to where it's ended up being. So very curious indeed. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to our next topic, shall we? Yeah. So um, one of the things that Brendos briefly mentioned in the uh, list of renowned rewards is um, certain soul bind unlocks and re- our ability to level up our soul binds by doing uh by, by progressing in your renowned levels um so as you progress in renown you're going to gain um the ability to unlock specific rows in your soul bind trees so you can pick from that and you kind of like you'll you'll kind of progress all of them at roughly the same rate some will be a little bit later obviously like for for example, um, levels two and three, you're making progress just on your first soul bind, whichever one's available to you, depending on your covenant. Um, and then roll five, you'll start making progress in your second soul bind, uh, and it'll culminate at level thirty nine, which is a little weird, uh, with you being able to unlock every row of conduits and talents uh for your soul mind and all rows with 40 being blank for some reason that's weird um so i mean that's uh that's so we we know how we progress the soul binds now and we know roughly at the rate we're going to be doing it uh, which is uh yeah i'm i'm rapidly losing my train of thought holy jeez Focus. <laughs> it was the 69, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. So as like one other thing one other thing to note is that some of the soulbinds some of the soulbind rolls just don't have a re- required renown to unlock. For example, like all row all the first row for all soulbinds is just always open, but for your second soulbind, you start out with your top two rows unlocked. So the minute you unlock your second soul bind you already have the first two rows being able to be selected and for the third soul bind you're able to have access to all five rows to pick uh, your different talents from and all that other stuff so like it's like i said they'll be at pretty similar levels as you progress through the renown um, obviously, um, some of them will end up being just a little bit more powerful. Um, like, for example, at for the fifth row, you gain you gain access to the, that to that row for Soulbind one at Renown sixteen. Soulbind two will be Renown uh, level thirteen, and Soulbind three that's the fifth row is already unlocked. Uh, so, like uh, I'm pretty okay with all this all things considered like there's nothing inherently bad about this system which uh especially when you consider all the conduit things being unlocked account wide and all that like i was ready to be upset at the at, at any at some of this stuff with with soul binds and conduits and all that other stuff because a lot of people have been and honestly i'm i'm not mad at any of this what do, what do you guys think of the rate of power growth, I guess, uh, with these soul binds. I'm curious to feel it myself and to, you know, experience it in practice. 
but on paper, it looks pretty good. I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, what about you, Metros? Uh, I'd like to see how, like, I'd like to interact with it myself. I'd like to get a feel for that personally, because I, I feel like seeing the numbers has never been a, a really easy way for me to figure out whether I'm going to like something. And I feel like if I get a chance to actually, like, get in there and see how it how the system feels versus how I think it's going to feel, uh, it'll feel more fulfilling, I think, once you actually get it. But uh, for now, I mean, it, it looks like an, a decent way to, to level up, as we're going to be just we're gonna be doing anyway. Um, I'm glad we don't have a huge number of factions we need to level up like we had last time. Like, it's one covenant we have to level up, not... Oh, I've got to go level up with the Stormsong faction and the Dressfar faction, and that's very tiresome. So, I'm glad there's just one. And one another good thing about this too, I mean, you're you're progressing in all your soul binds as you gain renown and all that. You not not like you have to grind out soul bind one and then grind out soul bind two and then grind out soul bind three. It's you're doing it all at once, which is very nice. That's good. And. Like, there's a defined end to everything, right? Unlike with Artifact Weapons and Heart of Azeroth, where we just keep gaining power indefinitely. More specifically with Artifact Power, with um, Artifact Weapons. Like, we get to the 8th row and that is it. We don't have to worry about granting out any more renown. And once we're done, we're done. Which is a nice improvement over artifact weapons. That being said, you know they're probably going to add more levels as we go, but hopefully we gain them, we gain those levels of renown, similarly to how they're gained now through campaign quests and events, and just the weeklies where we gain a level. For sure. Okay, so let's step away from the more generic general Shadowlands stuff and go into more uh, class slash covenant specific stuff. Um, there's some interesting things coming for the Night Fae. Yeah, there is. And I'm super excited because not only does it involve a dungeon, but I'm thinking about going Night Fae. So this is great. <laughs> so we've been hearing that different covenant players will, could potentially have different ways to interact in different dungeons. And we're starting to see a little bit of that information. Morgan Day had an interview with Windows Central recently, and we got this great info. So for the Night Fae, a Mist of Tirna Scythe, which, by the way, is one of the most gorgeous dungeons ever, you can do certain things like open new routes. You can click on some overgrown roots and skip some trash. Which is always nice. Before the first boss, Ingra Malak, I believe, which in alpha was a pain. <laughs> There's more overgrown roots you can click on. And behind that is a grove of mushrooms and you get to eat mushrooms going to let that sink in there for a second. We're going to get some mushrooms. We're going to get buffs from eating the mushrooms. <laughs> so there's a choice. Is it a choice? 
It is a choice. So the tasty tough shroom gives you 10% stamina for 10 minutes. The state, the savory stats shroom, which is kind of hard to say, gives you your primary stat by 10% for 10 minutes, which is awesome. Every, the grove has 10 total mushrooms. So you really do get a choice of what you want to do. You can only eat, you can only eat one mushroom at a time. But there's enough for all of you to take the stats one, for example, if you want, which is really cool. And then there's checkpoints. So after every boss you defeat, there's a depleted anima seed. And players from Night Fae Covenant can energize this anima seed. And it basically creates a checkpoint in that, say, unfortunately, you wipe and you have to release that checkpoint becomes your new resurrection location. You don't have to start way at the beginning and run all the way through, which is a really good thing. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a bit of a run. Might be kind of nice also after a certain maze, but uh, it's, I mean, obviously if, if you were a group that doesn't have someone from the Night Fae, you'll live, it's okay. But you get this nice little unique boost. It's a little one, but it's there and it's convenient. And I think just as we were getting ready to record, we were seeing one from the Carrion come out, which maybe we'll talk about next week. I don't know. But I think it's really fun to have these kind of different unique ways that a Covenant player can interact with you know very particular dungeons. But that could just be my opinion because... I'm easily amused, and I like dungeons. What do you guys think? And personally, I'm all for this. Like uh, different, different covenants giving different uh, specific uh, specific bonuses depending on the dungeon. I mean, we had. Um, I, I like that. I'm liking that some of the character choice affects dun the dungeons in some way. We had a, we had a taste of that with uh, oh, which dungeon was it? Uh, where your professions mattered. Oh, I can't remember the name of that dungeon. It was in Legion. Oh, I'm totally blanking on that. But there, there. Allie, help me out here. You're Dungeon Girl. I am Dungeon Girl, but Dungeon Girl hasn't gotten to Legion yet, and I'm trying. To, I'm racking my brain because I went through Legion and I loved Legion, but I can't think of one where profession choice. Oh. Oh, yeah. So depending on your profession, you're able to do certain things. Like, for example, as a herbalist, I was able to pick a certain flower that gave everyone haste. Right. And there was, like, another one where, yeah, basically professions affected, like, some of the, could, could affect some of the mobs, so you didn't have to face them or whatever. Like, I can't remember the name of the dungeon for the life of me. But that was cool. Player choice affected the dungeon, which was great. Like, I like that my choice mattered for a little bit there. Court of Stars. That was that's what I'm thinking of. That would be it. Thank you, Manny. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I like I like having the choice affected. Like I, I understand where some people are gonna have problems with this, especially if there are checkpoints involved. Like especially especially when it comes to stuff like Mythic Plus, where your time is everything. Yeah, I mean that that could get tricky when down the road. For groups who are pugging mythic, like high level mythic pluses, 
there's definitely a convenience factor of having someone from the Night of a Covenant. So unfortunately, Mythic Plus is, again, at the higher level. That does mean you're going to see some people who absolutely require at least one player to have Night Fae. But I think unless you're, you know, really pushing keys, it's it's a convenience. It's a nice, you know, additional, you know, positive. But it's not a make or break buff, if you will. No, it's not a make or break. It's not a make or break thing in the hands of like an average player, right? Anyway, um, but I'm I'm wondering if they go the route they did with corruptions. No, they don't do that with corruptions. They they when did they do that? They went the route. See, I know they did something like this with PvP, where certain things were just not enabled in PvP. Can't remember what it was because didn't affect me on pvp um but there was certain stuff that was disabled in pvp because it was just a little too much and so so like it wouldn't be wouldn't be a tactic that's that's unfamiliar to blizzard because they 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 have just disabled certain things in certain types of gameplay so if they're going to have stuff like this, I wonder if maybe they would just disable th- this thing in Mythic Pluses. Like, not necessarily Mythic Plus Zero, because, like, really, whatever. But, and like, for, for the keys specifically, where timing is everything. Could they potentially explore the not enabling these shortcuts or buffs for those dungeons? Especially since it seems like at least according to the, at least I'm reading into it based on this news that just broke their kind of approach they're kind of implementing similar things for different covenants in different dungeons yeah I don't know yeah it's good it's, it's good I'm 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 eager to get in there and play around and see what some of these bonuses feel like I also kind of want to roll a hunter now. Yeah, yeah. I specifically want to stick with my gnome hunter and tame some of these new pets available, right, Medros? Indeed. Uh, so there will be some really interesting new undead pets, uh, among other things that are coming in this expansion. Uh, so uh, for hounds, you can tame the fell mongrel Galuth, which is I think from Max, isn't it? All right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, those next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Precious. <laughs> which I don't know that's from. <laughs> uh, a Hellhound or a Terrorfang, Terrorfang Hound. For double swords uh, that are reanimated, you can get reanimated monstrosity, rotting monstrosity, or Uruk, which, awesome. Uh, Raptors, you can get Reban, Sarl Tooth, Returned Predator, or Ogun. For Wind Serpent, you can get Shade of Hakar. Which is funny to me. Uh, that damn shade of Hakar. Um, and then for Bird of Prey, you can get Black Rook Falcon or Scourgebeak Flesh Ripper. Uh, I definitely think some of these look really, really cool. Uh, my hunter uh, is going to go get some some undead pets. Uh, I'm not sure what my, my dead elf hunter would think of that, uh, but I think it's pretty cool. 
So, if you guys could tame one undead pet in this list, what would it be? Uh, Rock. Yeah, 100% Rock. Give me a giant skeleton undead Tyrannosaurus. Allie? There's so many. I would... Yes. I mean... <sighs> and you have to choose just one. Yikes. Both Gloof and Precious are super tempting. But yeah, I have to go with some... Uh... Oh, but that one's really good too. <laughs> Probably Ogon. Yeah. Okay. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Uh, Alright, so next up in pet news, uh, Cloud Serpents. Um, now, apparently, uh, you get a How to School Your Serpent book uh, at Exalted with the Order of the Cloud Serpent, and that will allow you as a hunter to start taming Cloud Serpents. And they are part of the Serpent Hunter pet family, uh, and I think they look really cool. Um, some of the notable ones you can tame are Raylun. Hyolon, Tsulong, and Nalak. Uh, I think I'd probably go for Nalak for myself. Uh, but Hulon's pretty good too, as I recall. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Like, really, there isn't a bad choice here when it comes to Cloud Serpents. Because they're Cloud Serpents. Like, whether you want the spectral looking ones or the black, red, or green one, I mean, it's just awesome. Manny, that, 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 that's not true. That, that's not true. Uh, but yes, uh, they are they are all awesome. Uh, and I, I'm very excited to to have a chance to do that. I, I actually need to check what my rep is with uh, that order uh, in order to uh, make sure that I can do that uh, when the expansion launches. Or whenever that feature launches in the expansion. Uh, I will not make you choose Ali on a Cloud Serpent of, of, your, of your own. You can have all of them if you'd like. I probably would want all of them, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, in addition to Cloud Serpents and Undead Animals, uh, you can now tame several other things, including uh, giraffes, pigs, and pythons. So, um, I I'm guessing by our title, Toasty, that I, I can guess that you want a giraffe. Yes. Give me a pet giraffe for my hunter, specifically because my hunter is a gnome. The image of a gnome taping a giraffe is way too funny to pass up. And then also commanding this giraffe to attack thing. Yes. Give me the giraffe. Plus, have you seen how giraffes fight? They kind of just throw their heads at each other. And if they don't do that, I'll be disappointed. But I also... I'm also expecting disappointment because that's not how they attack right now anyway. But, yes. Give me... Give me an attack giraffe. Uh, Manny in our chat room says, if somebody tamed the lock in front of me when I'm trying to get them out, I will sacrifice them to Nazoth. <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds like something you do anyway, based on the fact that that's the first threat that came to your mind, Manny. Uh, and if so, we definitely need to have a conversation about the fact that Nazoth's now dead. And thus can't be sacrificed to. Sorry. Anyways, uh, so yes, uh, Many towns receive species from past expansions. Uh, Gruffhorn includes such ra is included in rams, uh, such as the Aldrich Ram and Stolen Ram. Shale Beast is now now includes gyre worms from Cataclysm. Yeah. Um, Akiri now includes Kuchongs from Mists and Akir Goliaths from 8.3. Stag now also includes giraffes. 
Spider now includes demon spiders from Legion, like yes. the venomous Spiderling. Uh, boars now include pigs from BFA, like the Fallhaven pig. And serpent now includes snakes, like the fanged viper, fanged pit viper. So, other than giraffes for your gnome, Toasty, what what pet here are you looking to get for? Um, demon spiders. Right, Allie. Man, that Fallhaven pig. That's creepy, and I want it. Yeah. Although, honestly, since my first tune was a dwarf, the Altrak, the, like the rams, are are kind of calling me too. But I'd probably go for the pig. All right, then. You know what I'm kind of disappointed in, though? Like, what? They, 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 they added a bunch of all these new tameable hunter pets and all that, and they're great. You know what I'd like to see? Frogs. Beaver. <laughs> that would be cool, too. You are so Canadian. <laughs> uh, so, Ali, I have a question for you. Yes. Of all the unicorns in the game, which one do you want to tame the most? The one I already have for a mount. Okay, what about the new ones, though? Oh, the new ones. Well, I haven't looked at the new ones. Well, why I mean, there's not? one that's like whitish, bluish. Like, that that, that one's pretty cool. I should okay. probably actually, you know, look at the ones you're talking about, but... The, the, the whitish uh, bluish one is honestly pretty cool. The one that looks like it's from hell also looks really cool. <laughs> That'd be the one that Manny mentioned in the chat room. The one with the that's jet black with a red glow. Yeah, that one. Yes. I mean, you said unicorns and I forgot it would be these. I was thinking, you know, lucid. But um, I, yeah, that the black one is, as much as I like the white and blue one, because that's my color scheme. That black one is just awesome. Yes, give me the hell unicorn. Yeah, seriously. All right, so Toasty, here's a question for you. Uh, which of the mammoths in this post uh, do you want? Because there's lots of different colors and, and skins. Is there a hell mammoth? I do not see a hell mammoth. I see one that's close enough. I'm guessing the 96 to 102 level one? Yes. Yeah, I figured. If there's a hell version of a of a pet or mount, give me that one. I will take it. Okay, so I, I I think I know which one you need to have though. The pink one. Yes. <laughs> I'll take that uh, too. Think, honestly, I think just needs to have this. Uh, this is a pet. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the pink mammoth too. Honestly, that's fine. Uh, just because I, I, I know how much you love pink, man. I know how much you love pink. <laughs> I mean, you say that thinking that I don't actually... I actually love pink. I wore pink to my grad. Oh, no, I know. I, I know you do. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you've, you've mentioned your love of pink before. Yeah, I, I really do love pink. Uh, I, I think for me, uh, the, the one of the mammoths that I want... I think I want... Uh, I think I want the, one, the, the gray one on the, on the third image along the bottom there. There's a three set of gray ones. I like those ones. They look really cool. Yeah, those are dope too. Uh, now, question. Uh, which of the camels do you want and why is it one of the alpacas? Because they're the fluffy. 
Sorry, what Toasty? Okay, so we know Toasty's wrong. All right. <laughs> but go ahead, Toasty. Tell us why it's not one of the alpacas. Because I refuse to buy into the hype. Honestly, that's it. <laughs> that actually makes sense for you. <laughs> it does. In a very odd way. I, I, ref- I, I refuse to buy into the Pepe hype. I refuse to buy into the alpaca hype. So disappointing. But expected. Uh, true. Uh, so, Allie, uh, why is the alpaca the right choice for you? Because they're fluffy. They're so fluffy. I mean, the camels are really cool, exactly. too. Especially, like, the, the grayish-looking camel. That, that's pretty cool. But all the alpacas in general, they're just so fluffy. And the thought, it's kind of like the concept of the rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You know, it's a rabbit, but it's got sharp, pointed teeth. It's kind of that concept where, you know, cute but deadly. Like, they're so fluffy and they're so cute, but they will freaking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I must say, Allie, that I absolutely love that for a moment there, you were talking like a Volpura. I, I talk Same. a little fast when I get excited. I'm sorry, okay? But not only talking fast, like you've got the tone of a Volpura. <laughs> that was unintentional. I have not heard enough Volpura to be able to mimic them actively. I understand that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely think that the, the gray one uh, is probably the one I'll choose. Uh, though the 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 third from the left on the on that side, I, I kind of like that. It kind of has the color of, of like, you know, a little bit dirty snow kind of look. Yeah. That, that's pretty nice, too. So it might be a hard choice. I might have to get more of them, more than one of them. I need to level uh, up sorry, a hunter. Camel, it, it, sorry? I was just thinking that I, I feel like I need to level up a hunter. Well, I mean, they are a really good class. I, I do recommend them. The best race for the hunter is obviously a gnome. And if you're going to go with a gnome hunter, you should probably do survival too. For max, <laughs> for, for maximum annoyance to everybody around you. That's not how I roll, but I appreciate the advice. <laughs> and that's, what, that's what my hunter is. It's a gnome. It's a gnome survival hunter. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, not surprised. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about something other than the the pets that Toasty is wrong about. We are going to talk about some shadow priest changes because this was really big, and I'm really excited. So when I saw it, I was so excited when I requested to be the one to talk about it that I posted it in the NHL channel instead of the host channel. <laughs> Whoops. So. We got a huge update for Shadow Priest, and I'm going to make this kind of quick because the show is running a little long. But basically, for those of you who don't know, Shadow Priest has this resource called Insanity. And when you build up enough Insanity, you get to go into a special void form. And in order to... The, the whole idea for your DPS and to do your maximum amount of DPS is to stay in your void form for as long as possible. You can do that by, you know, doing more attacks. For some, they absolutely loved it. It felt like an art form almost to be able to stay in their void form for as long as possible. For me personally... Now, granted, part of this is because Holy is my main spec and Shadow is an off spec. It's a bit of a struggle because I never had enough haste to be able to use my abilities enough to stay in void form long enough. 
And at the same time, with mechanics and you have to move and that can mess up your rotation. And if that messes up your rotation or whatever you're doing, it's easier to fall out of void form. And I've never been the biggest fan of this current system for Shadow Priests. But they're changing it and I'm so excited. We still have void form. But instead of it being one of those things where you have to work to stay in void form and you have to have enough haste and you have to do your rotation, void form is going to be a set amount of time. It's going to have a 90 second cooldown and increases the damage done by 20% for 15 seconds. It's not going to be, you know, fighting to stay in that form and all of that. It just, to me, in my mind, this is going to feel so much better for those who do want to stay that way and, you know, keep playing Shadow Priest that way. They're actually making it possible through talents. The Legacy of the Void talent that actually a lot of us have been using is getting reworked. So now it's Legacy of the Void. The Legacy of playing Shadow Priest how it used to be. You can still work your Void form. It's not a set duration. You can, you know, play like you normally play. Which is really cool that they gave people that option if they still want to play that way. But for those who struggle, like me, or who just have never been a big fan of it or didn't feel good to them, we got a really nice rework. We also got a new talent called Ancient Madness, where when you actually cast that void form, it increases your crit strike for 30% for 15 seconds. And that feels great. And they also have been, you know, working on Surrender to Madness a little bit. And with all this, we also got Devouring Plague. It recently was reduced with its time, but damage dealt was increased by 50%. So, and it can now critically hit, which is really nice. So they're doing a lot of things that I really like. And I think it's going to make the class feel a lot better than before. And they also reworked the shadowy apparitions. You know, if you ever play with the shadow priest, you got the little vo voidy spirit things that go th towards the baddies. You create those now by when you use Mind Blast, Devouring Plague, or Void Bolt. Any of your enemies that have Vampire Touch on them, it'll go to them. And if you crit, you get two of those. So you have a little more knowledge about when you're going to be getting those, which is really cool. And also, Mind Blast is also going to be a little less of a cooldown. So all in all, really good things coming. I am more excited to have a priest than I have been. In a long time. This is this is a really good change. Super excited. The end. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested I'm interested to see how all this plays out because like um uh, like one of my main ults main ult, that's a weird thing to say. 
but uh, one of my main aunts is a discipline <laughs> priest, <laughs> and I I've I've I toyed around with shadow a little bit, but I couldn't quite get the hang of of it in general, and um, just managing void form and all that other stuff. Yeah, uh, like I've I've seen some priests rock it out and do amazing damage. Now, yeah. give, don't get me wrong. I could do some good AoE damage. I can. But it is more of a struggle. It is more complicated to be able to stay in that void form for as long as you possibly can. And it's going to be easier for someone to pick up a Shadow Priest and understand the gameplay for it. Yeah, that was that was actually what I was leading, leading towards. Like It was like... It got to the point for me eventually where it was just easier for me to quest around in discipline. Yeah. Like, Shadow, Shadow, like, I could not wrap my head around how to make Shadow work. And this, these changes make it so that, like, the time you spend on Void Form is a little more defined, which I dig. And you can manage that time and what you do with that time a little bit more effectively I, like, that, that's the way it seems to me anyway granted I don't have a huge grasp of Shadow Priest in general so I might be reading into it wrong but I'm, I'm more inclined to give it another go once all these changes hit I really think you should it's going to feel so much better I might love my Shadow Priest you should do it I, I highly recommend it it's actually honestly they're fun to play. And those shadow app- shadowy apparitions, they're they're pretty cool. So all these changes are just really good. I could gush for a while about how good they are. But like I said, the show's you know, getting a little long. So maybe we should just move on to our next sponsor. Eh, Toshi's fine editing lots of long shows. He's fine. Anyway, our first sponsor are the great folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. Now nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This week, we're going to listen to one of my favorite books. Um, It's called This Team is Ruining My Life, But I Love Them. Let's have a listen. When I started at the Fan 590 in 1995, the only way to get in was to catch a break. Somebody had to hire you, and, generally, you had to go to small-town Canada to learn how to work in broadcasting. Maybe you came back, but you probably didn't. This industry gives you a reason and opportunity to quit just about every day. But today, you don't need to wait for someone to wave a magic wand over your head and hire you. You can just do it yourself. That's what Steve did. Sure, he had some internships and caught some breaks along the way, but Steve got in because he used everything around him, every bit of technology and every marketing platform. He was on it, and he stayed on it, consistently cranking out videos and keeping his name in the mix. Steve was consistent. He started and never stopped. Want to be a broadcaster? Start a podcast. Start making videos. Write a blog. This has been my message to people looking for a way in. Build a body of work, and they will find you. They found Steve. Steve tapped on the hockey world's shoulder for years, and when it turned around, he knew what to say. Jeff Merrick, 2018. Thanks, Jeff. So once again, that was This Team is Ruining My Life, but I love them, written and narrated by Steve Dangle Glynn. And 
I did not pick that to twist the knife for least fans everywhere, but also I kind of did. Um, and once again, we'd like to thank Audible for their support of the show. I feel like this is the same time in the hockey season as last year when that clip was played. I mean, maybe he, uh, that book's fairly new. I don't know, but I think he had it released last year, so that might be right. Anyway, our question of the week for last week, which got a lot of attention, was how do you feel about the alleged one-day ban for advertising services in the group finder in exchange for gold? Uh, Gwilin, or Gian, uh, says the ban isn't long enough, something should be done about the trade chat spam too. Agree on that point. Uh, WowHunter67 says, I feel that it should be much longer ban if more than once. GroupFinder is to help find others not profit from them. Also, it's not like there isn't a report player for advertising button. They're already showing it's not okay to do. Uh, Adenrico says, excellent. And Red Pally Jill says, not nearly long enough of a ban. Manny says, I think that rather than suspend the account, they should lock the account from joining parties, sending mail, interacting with the guild bank, auction house, etc., or opening trades. I agree that the duration of the punishment should continue to increase. In this way, Blizzard can post much longer durations. The offending player can account the offending player account can see what they're risking, but can't participate in any activities related to carries or any gold they have becomes frozen which I haven't actually considered. That's interesting. Sarah Band's Sarah Band Mage says should be longer. So sick of seeing sales when all I want to do is find a group to run with. Bad enough to see ads every single time I port into Stormwind. The Slick Rock says good move. You'd often see more sale groups than legitimate groups past plus 10 or so. Currently, when I'm looking for a group, I report any sale group just to clear out the clutter so I can look for actual groups. KC414FM says, perhaps a separate section for gold runs? They are offering a service for a gold fee, which is legit, but I would like to see them filtered out of the normal groups. And Lee Wild says, I'm okay with the ban for that. It's always felt like an abuse of the system to me, especially when gold can translate directly to cash with the token system. Scrubs VS says, uh, Leo, at Leo Wild brings up a good point, a great point with the tokens being a factor. I think the issue at play here is when it does, it becomes, when does it become pay to win in the sense of breaking TOS? It's a slippery slope for sure. I mean, really, Blizzard's given their thoughts on that. They find it's okay. They're the ones who get to decide if it's pay to win. So, WikiBH says if they really want to upset the sellers, Blizzard should make sure. You can only earn about 60% of the gold slash money you can make doing the same service in other games. Softy says, anything they can do to make the trade chat used for trading and group finder used for group finding groups, I'm a fan of. Seraphis says, in a very Seraphis way, I think Blizzard should tax these services in-game heavily. Let's not ban it, let's regulate. Want to perform these, Blizzard will take 75% cut for the health and welfare of the children, children's week and all. Wait, they'll just raise prices, you say? Well, here comes blizz.gov to lock down price fixing and set the right rate. And if they don't abide, let's set up a blizz jail that is a that is paid for by the blood and sweat of these hard-earned, already making, hard, I mean, these hard earners already making gold 
Except their monthly fees in-game go up to accommodate, so they now have to pay $25 a month, maybe $30 a month, which can then be used to lower the monthly rate of other players or put the price-fixing monopolies in Blizz jail. I hate you, Toasty. Frasley, in a much more succinct statement, says, I say do it, and if they do it again, increase the amount of days for every consecutive offense on that activity. I don't know what's wrong with Sarah's, like, I don't, I don't see your problem with that one. Okay. Any, anyway, our question of the week for next week <laughs> was, what do you think of the new heirloom bonuses? And I think we've uh, pretty much summed up our thoughts on those. Look forward, Looking forward to hearing yours. All right. Uh, before we get on to shoutouts, uh, it has been repeatedly brought to my attention of late that we have a, a milestone coming up next episode. Uh, episode 700, Woo! and we will have a guest, uh, Ro, from the Romanus podcast, and formerly of All Things Azeroth, to join us, and I'm sure will not at all be trolling me in any way, shape, or form, and there is no dragons that will be mentioned in the show. <laughs> of course not. They're going to troll me like excited. they always do every time he's here. It's going to be good. Definitely look forward to next week where I'm fully planning to have a four-hour episode for for Toasty to edit <laughs> in three days. Hi. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Toasty, your shout-out, please. I'm going to have a shout-out to everybody who's like tune, tunes in weekly to my stream. So, Manny, you're in there almost every week. Card Freak, he's been making his appearance a lot, so is Capo, and uh, Jonah has been showing up every once in a while. There have been so many people that have been coming into the stream, watch me do whatever I'm doing in WoW, whether it's raiding with Phalanx of Nod, which is just horrifically inappropriate, and I hope nobody was listening on speakers with children around. <laughs> um, or just watching me screw out of the beta, uh, and exploring what there is to explore there, and all that. Um, I've been like like I said earlier. I've been doing this streaming thing for over a year, and it feels good to finally get over that hump to get to affiliate. So shout out to everybody who's supported me along the way. Really appreciate it. I just wish I could have been there for you, man. It's all good, dude. We all got stuff I, going on. I'm very happy for you. You deserved affiliate. Way before me, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Ellie! It's kind of cheesy. I don't care. I'm doing it anyways because I'm happy and I'm excited. My shout out goes to the Colorado Avalanche because we're doing pretty good and I'm feeling really good about this really weird playoff season. Oh, can I add to my shout out real quick? Do you want um, to shout, shout out the out- too? That's you're allowed no. to do that. That's okay. I'm going to give a shout out to the New York Rangers for preventing the world of hockey Twitter from collapsing and burning to the ground, because that means that the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers didn't win first overall. So yay! Shout out to the New York Rangers. But Winnipeg got tenth, man. That, that's literally tenth. that is literally where they were expected to be if the lottery without the lottery. <sighs> Anyways, I th- no, not where they were expected to be. I think, I think they would have been ninth if it wasn't for the Rangers. 
Anyways, so, uh, yeah, um, my shout-out is going to go to all of the teams that didn't make the playoffs. You get to go home to your families. Yes, you didn't make it, but there's always next year. And you don't have to be in quarantine when it all blows up. So, congratulations. All right, time for outro. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, call 1-785-ATA-WOW5 or 785-282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazroth.com. If you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our new Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata. Check out Ali Show at dungeonfables.com and Toasty Stream at twitch.tv slash toastypostycan. You can find us on Twitter at allthingsaz, at medros, at fandeth, at toastypostycan, at aliandrusk, and at donforge. And please check out the other shows from the Donforge network, including Group Quest and Shattered Soulstone. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care. Happy hunting. And don't we'll see you on the other side of, well, more hockey, probably. Episode 700! Yeah, boy! Well, we'll be on the other side of 700, because next episode is 700. So we'll definitely see them before that, because we won't start recording. But we'll see them after that, at the end of the show. True. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.